0: Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host, Mark Kennedy. Joined again this week by Rory Walsh and Karen Collins. Lads, how are things? Hi, Mark. Very good, Mark. Good now, leading into St. Patrick's Day. So, podcast today will review round four of the Alliance Hurling League, look at round five for this weekend, and also the Croke Cup final with presentation of Atten Taking on the juggernaut that is St. Kieran CBS. I suppose guys we'll start off with 1A in round four. I suppose we'll start off on Saturday night last uh here, guys. Uh, Tipperary and Walford played a pretty feisty affair in Turles. I suppose. Rory, what was your impressions of the game?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, it was it was the game of the league up until the, the sending off. There was a real bite to it. Um, no love lost there, as we could see. And we thought as much with the managers involved that uh, Davy Fitz wouldn't want to lose to his predecessor in a game of that maybe set down the marker for the championship. So, yeah, there was a real edge to it, which is what we all want to see and what i would be missing throughout the league. And, um, you know, it, it was quality game uh, as a result, and it was on a knife edge until that moment where um, Tip got that goal and and J.B. Byrne was sent off in 10 seconds of of the ball hitting the back of the net. So, um, no, we didn't see the incident. Davy Fitz in the interview afterwards said, oh, it was a straight red card. So, you know, if Davy is saying that, it must have been straight, right? But uh, look, it did it did turn the game because uh, you would have thought at the time the way the game had been going, Waterford had had setbacks earlier in the game. They conceded goals and responded well. That um, if they hadn't gone down to 14 at that minute and they got the next point or two, we could have been in for, you know, the rip-roaring finish. The game was promising all along. As a result, Tip pulled away in the end. Um, just there was a real uh, intensity intensive Tip that was lacking last year. I don't know if he noticed that. There was... Like especially um, sw- the, the whole swarming tackle, which had been lacking from them. And they did it to very good effect defensively a few times. Um, Noel McGrath, for example, as well, a player we wouldn't normally associate with, you know, the the, the grafting part of the game and all that. He made some serious uh, uh, tackles and turnovers for Tip and led the line that way. I suppose when, when younger players are seen, uh, like Bonner, who who was who done it all his career, but they haven't seen the likes of of um, Noel putting in the shift like that. It really, you know, it does inspire the newer lads coming in. Um, just uh, as we mentioned earlier, actually, beforehand, um, Seamus Callanan picking up an injury is another blow for Tip, considering like things were beginning to click for them and they were looking, you know, well going into championship. But look, overall, they have to be happy where they are. Uh, Liam Cahill had a situation where I think he had to get as many league games as possible to see exactly what he had and try and mix the, the newer talent coming through with the season players. So, look, they are in in a good place at the minute. And um, for a team to finish bottom of the group last year in Munster, they seem to be in a, in a far better place going into the championship this year.
0: Indeed, Rory. Karen, get you in there. Your thoughts on the game in Turtles?
2: Yeah, it's probably, of all the league games to date, uh, it's probably the most fast-paced and intensity or high-intensity game we've seen. I suppose, looking at Waterford first, probably worrying parts for me, like there was a period in the first half where they went 20 minutes without scoring. Be a concern, especially when they're playing with the wind. You know, I think ozzy Gleason. You know, look at it back and it now. He he didn't look to be on it on the day and was you know taking off. I think it was a hamstring injury. So that you know they would be sweating on the fitness of him because you know he'd be pivotal to to Walford in the championship. You know, Tipperary, yeah, like they've as rory said. You know, they they've, they've attacked the league. And I think it's cattle had to do with You know, tactically get game glad game time into guys. Plenty new guys. I think you'd be looking at Brian Amar, You know, uh, really impressive full back, the more it goes on, you're probably thinking that's the way it's gonna he lay out for championship. Great great day for Jake Morris, you know, three goals. Uh, we have kind of questioned his consistency before, so you know hopefully he can he can keep building on that. You know, the O'Connor again another great nine points, you know, eight from freeze. You know, really really big find for them I think this year. I think as well, like Tipperary, it's they're playing a high possession game and I think one area they have really targeted is puckouts and uh, like they won thirty two of their own 38 puckouts, so, like, 84% puckouts retained, which is, a, I think it's a huge number, and you know, I think that's the way the game has gone, you you know, you retain your puck, or, you know, retain possession, and, and work from there. I think you compare that to Waterford's, where they only won 16 out of 33, which is, like, 48%. So, you know, another number that might worry, you know, Davy going, going into the championship. I think for Tipperary, another thing you can point out, like, the, it was a, you know, kind of a there was no love lost between the two teams and, and, and Tipperary could see the 16 frees to Walford's nine. And, you know, you add a little bit more intensity and once the championship rolls around and, you know, 16 freeze, you you're kind of thinking some of them could turn potentially into yellows or reds, you know, depending on the on the situation. So I think it's something to be looking at. But yeah, I think from Tipperary's point of view, four for four, I can't, I can't have any complaints into a league final. You know, obviously they have their injury concerns, but. Yeah, you know, I think they've been, they've been impressive to date. I
0: think from Watford' perspective, the injury that they picked up, particularly Conor Prunty, a full-back, and Austin Gleason Gleeson in, in the midfield, their two hamstring injuries, could be a bit of a anxious wait for those two players to see if they can be right for the Munster Tournament Championship. But I think from Watford' perspective, just how Tip carved out goal-scoring opportunities against them. I counted at least seven goal-scoring opportunities, four being scored, obviously, three being missed. But I suppose for Davy Fitz... Who loves his sweeper system? I think maybe more evidence that he may have to maybe deploy that here, uh, Rory, come championship.
1: Yeah, and and second half he definitely set the Barca a lot deeper. Started the second half, uh, but what was worrying for me, for for Water point of view, was actually you're on about like okay, they gave up goal chances, but at the other end the forwards were like misfiring. they were relying on midfield for a lot of scores. Jamie Byrne chipped in, I think with with two or three from play. Uh, Lines, Kellum Lines definitely got four points from play oh, yeah. like that's coming from your midfield area there's the forwards inside like Shane Bennett seemed to and he's in possession just running down blind alleys with it not quite knowing what his end product would be Or and Waterford a few times did that, there was actually a couple of times where there was points on and they just ran the ball straight into traffic so look a few, a few things for them to learn on as well Jake Prendergast was guilty of a couple of those kind of soloing in and, and eventually just losing possession Um, you know, when a goal scoring opportunity wasn't done. Seeing that as well, Waterford had their two goal chances to start the second half, albeit at kind of tighter angles, but didn't hit the target with either of them. And you're just wondering there, when Waterford were on top, had they thrown a goal in as well with it uh, during that period? You know, it it, it could could really have stood to them in the end. But uh, yeah, uh, seeing Desi Hutchinson back so deep as well was a bit baffling, because um, if you even watched back Waterford's performance as a Munster Championship last year, the one consistent factor was Desi inside was just, to, you know torturing a lot of defenders like Rory Hayes it was his turning point in the championship because Rory Hayes everyone was talking about him for an all-star and then up in Ennis when Clare won so heavily he got roasted by Desi that night for I think it was 1-6 or something or that afternoon but um and that was probably a turning point for, for Rory Hayes's championship but um he was the one consistent star inside and you're kind of thinking Davey you're looking at Mikey Kiley and Desi as you're two inside and the fact Desi was playing so far deep was was worrying I'd say for if you were a Waterford fan and definitely seen the lack of scores coming from the inside forward line Absolutely, Karen. Get you in there. Yeah, and like you, you know,
2: it is league, and there is weeks where you're expecting teams not to be at the races. But as Rory pointed, out, like, um, you know, you, you can be not at the races, but you still expect to close down lines running, um, defensively. And you know, there was at least Mark six seven chance of goal chance for Tipperary. I think on the other hand, Tipperary are looking for goals. You know, it's part of I think Cahill's game plan we saw about Waterford as well last year they're a team i think cork are probably another team that are you know on the hunt for goals at any opportunity and you know defensively you have to be up you have to be up to scratch playing against the likes of these teams because any sniff of a goal chance and they're going to go for it yeah look i think for me i have a lot of question marks for waterford still i think looking at the league games they kind of eat into the league with the earlier fixtures with, with due respect to other teams I think there's a lot of question marks you know as I say if you're going into battle in the championship first game against Limerick without maybe Prunty or Ozzy Gleeson like their big big shoes to fill especially uh, Prunty at full back and Gleeson for what he brings as well so I think they'll be sweating on them two guys getting back in and I think Waterford will be going into the championship with question marks I think if compared to Tipperary where you know we all know where Tipperary are at maybe it'll be a complete different. it might be a false on once championship starts and I think Tipperary might lack a bit of depth um especially with the injuries they had but comparing the two teams you know i i, I have serious question marks for waterford going into the championship now maybe is fooling us all and keeping the powder dry but you know that's what time will tell
1: maybe i uh, no saying that though i suppose that turning point in the game was crucial and if it hadn't happened waterford could have maybe gone on one and we might be as uh, just the way they fizzled out i suppose uh, you know but a, a lot of things misfiring for them as well as we said look defense we can't give up that many chances and at the other end like you have to have a threat inside and they didn't have that like uh... now the uh, other thing uh, if you're a Waterford fan, fan something that might um, you know cause you a bit of anxiousness was like I've seen Davy say in a few interviews like oh this is going to be two or three years like Waterford were in the All-Ireland final two years ago they were in the sorry semi-final two years ago they were in the final year before that so if you're a Waterford fan hearing that, like, oh, it's going to take two or three years, like, that, I know uh, maybe he's trying to take the pressure off the team or by himself some time in the job as well. But, like, Waterford really should be, you know, uh, if, if Limerick don't win the Ireland this year, it's wide open between five or six teams, and Waterford have to see themselves as contenders in that light. I don't know, to hear the manager saying it'll be two or three years before they're contenders is, you know, considering Derek McGraw is expecting him to walk up the steps last year it's some fall in 12 months, you know.
2: I I would agree, Roy. Like I think, like Waterford, they they have a a group of players, you know, and they did last year. And some of the players are are approaching, you know, the the wrong sides of of the age profile to play. Like you know, Isaac Leeson's not getting any younger. Tied to you know. I think now is the time. If they're going to win on Ireland, I think it has to be this year. I I think it's a case of Davy is trying to maybe take some pressure off himself already because um like the the players are there, you know. If, if I think if they don't do it this year, they won't do it.
1: And not having a home venue is huge in Munster. like So, uh, like Claire having to play Clare and Turlus, like where Clare have been going so well in Turlus, is, is a massive negative for Waterford, like the, as opposed to maybe taking them down to Walsh Park or even to down to Parky Quive. So, uh, look, it, it's going to be tough for them, like uh, no mistake about it. But still, uh, if they have everyone and they're firing, like you, you wouldn't um, put them out of getting qualified either. That's how tight Munster is win your first game and you know you have a great chance then after that but yeah it's just signs aren't promising really it's hard it's hard to like last year people were a lot more confident about how Waterford were going to go in the championship and completely backfired maybe this year the opposite way it might help them but uh, it, yeah it's hard to see positive signs
0: definitely because I mean it doesn't get any easier for Waterford travel to Nolan Park this weekend face Kenny I suppose we'll get more evidence there in terms of squad depth. Particularly, you'd assume that Austin Deese Connor Conor will be out. Not sure in terms of the status of Mikey Kiley here, but I mean, that's an insightful forward threat given his UL exploits in the Fitzgibbon Cup. So, I mean, there's still opportunity for improvement there from Watford, certainly. But I suppose for Tipperary, four for four in the league, they travel to Corrigan Park at the weekend to face Antrim. I mean, it seems to be going extremely well for Liam Kyle, but I think that's James Cannon injury. If he's not fit in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, Nova reliance again on Jason Ford when he came off the bench, six points off the bench again. It really is kind of maybe raising a few question marks again on that depth chart here, Rory,
1: for Tipperary heading
0: into that championship.
1: Yeah, and, and Callan is a player who traditionally like kind of uh gets going, needs a few games of the league and, and gets stronger and stronger. And I'm sure uh, that's what Cahell had in mind that he'd be hitting peak championship by by the first round against Clare. Um, peak fitness and peak sharpness. But yeah, look, I suppose um, he can only deal with with the hand he's been dealt, and at the moment he's down players. He uh, luckily, for Tipperary point of view, he does know the the talents around that age group, 21, 22, after being over the underage teams a couple of years ago. Um, so he does know what's out there more so than a lot of other guys than an outside manager coming in, let's say. But um, yeah, look, it, it's tough for them uh, going down, but the fact that they're, I, th- I think, momentum is the other thing they have in their favour, though, to kind of counter the injuries and they have serious momentum now and um even going up to Antrim being able to he can have a look at a few players now because they're true either way so he can go up there and it just gives him you know another positive going into to counter somebody injuries but I agree with you like Kalanen is going to be a big loss for them like a fit Kalanen inside and in full forward Munster championship is a threat to any team just that split second, uh and he can have the ball stuck in the net you know uh mind wanders for a second and it's in there as clear from out up Nennister in a few years ago so like, that's the threat he has, um, serious goal threat, and it's just, it is another big blow. And when it comes to round-robin of four intense games back-to-back or with very little gaps in between, four games in five weeks, like, you do need as many top-quality players fit as you as you can. And Tipperary like, definitely seemed to be uh, on the unfortunate side of injuries, more so than any county in Munster at the minute. I think it'll be an interesting watch with
0: Tipperary this year because the squad definitely was exposed during the Munster Senior Hurling Championship last year with players not really performing on various weekends. So, it'd look, it'll be an interesting match. It's been a good start to Liam Cahill's tenure here. But uh, more to follow, I suppose, next weekend. I suppose we can switch to Cusick Park, Ennis. Uh, Rory, uh, you were there uh, watching the Western Old Classical Classico, Clare and Galway. I thought this was just a strange game from start to finish. I mean, Clare came out of the trap so well. And then Galway kind of grew into the game and won by five points. Uh, I suppose, what were your thoughts?
1: It was more like El Challenge a at stages, wasn't it? Um normally people say a game of two halves, you had the first ten minutes and then you'd the other sixty minutes. Yeah, I suppose like uh one one major factor in it was Galway's half hour line, like just got the better they won that battle with Claire's half back line. Keeper could go along uh whenever he felt like and Connor Cooney, who I've often questioned here for consistency as well, just had a unbelievable game for him, like just Winning ball and uh, striking under pressure, like he his ability to just score like off the back foot under pressure from 60, 70 yards out. Um, like clear, like uh, you're looking again. Tony Kelly was really quiet in the game. Just a lot of like a lot of kind of worrying signs because um I know you're you're kind of saying like we're clear fully up for it. I don't know. I think a home game against Galway, big crowd in 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 the grounds. They should have been up for it, like, and you can't just kind of go through the league. I know they're saying, oh, Claire targeted the Wexford game, but they didn't get any fight back from Wexford. You have to, like, like the game was in the melting pot there and, and Claire didn't really up it or seize it or anything like that. And that was a slight worry for me. More so was their error count, like the amount of unforced errors, especially in the backs, cross field ball across the back line that should be going to hand or should be sticking. And suddenly there was lads fumbling on the ball and being turned over that was really worrying like and that's something that you know you are kind of saying five or six weeks have to fix that especially like winter to the Munster championship fumbling the ball in the backline you're going to be in serious trouble so uh, yeah look from a clear point of view it was worrying and we're talking about goal threats or ever like uh, Clare didn't really have you know m- much of a threat at all inside uh when um, Ian galvin came in alright he looked lively in the last few minutes um they've really had one chance arise right, that he kind of blazed over the bar but other than that, like, we didn't really create a goal chance. Um, so, yeah, look, it, 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 I, I was expecting a bit more out of Clare, to be honest, and I thought the game was going to be a lot more intense, especially after watching the match the night before. I was psyched going into Cusick Park, looking forward to a big match, but, look, left disappointed going out, and even had Clare kind of snuck a point, win by a point or two. Just the whole kind of game lacked any intensity. The crowd lacked any intensity. So, yeah, definitely had a challenge, a call feel about it. Karen, get you there. uh what Was your reaction to the goal we
0: went? Yeah,
2: Clare. Like Claire started really strong. He said like eight points to one up after 14, 15 minutes. But I think they to play Connor Cooney back, kind of extra midfielder, and I think he he was instrumental in changing the game. And into the second half, I I like a really really good game. Five points from play, super game. And yeah, just like it lacked any intensity. You know, I think for Clare, you know, looking they're going to be playing Cork in the last game. Cork already through to the semi-finals. I'm sure. It'll be an opportunity for Cork to, to have a look down the well you know, give maybe younger young guys a, another chance or so Pat Ryan can kind of experiment a bit. So they're not really going to get a challenge as such into a five-week break then before the championship. So I think if you look at Claire's game to date, like have they got a challenge from any game really as such? You know, look, Brian Lowell is in his fourth year. He knows the team, but, you know, they, they, they haven't been tested I suppose. You know that's what that's why you do you would have question marks into the championship but i'm kind like of said i'm sure lohan knows what he's doing he knows these guys which we mentioned this all through the league you don't know what kind of trend they're doing at the minute as i said to see like tony kelly was he had he one shot on target you know and you know it's just on tony kelly like so look claire i wouldn't panic i think for Galway, they finished up the game really strong i was scoring clear 197 and uh They'll, they'll take a the bit and move on, and I, again I don't think Galway can progress to the semi-finals. So regardless, uh, if Westmeath uh, they're playing Westmeath on a Sunday, so you know again Galway will have a five-week break to contend with before welcoming Wexford to Salt Hill. So you know as I said there were errors both sides, but was the thing is there is time to fix it. You know five weeks is a, probably the perfect break now to for teams to, to get set and ready for championship.
1: I was just saying, I I don't know what kind of video work Claire do, but there should be like tape and tape of just kind of even decision making, like a couple of times where a backman looked across the pitch to, you know, two loose players or what Dean, and they went for the harder pass, you get me, where the player who was under a bit more pressure, if he dropped it, just small things like that, that you're kind of, you'd love to show back the tape and say, what what were you thinking here at this moment? Just small things like that. So there is loads for him to work on um, going forward. yeah, that's the big thing, like uh, even for, for for your whole team, if your full back line are jittery on the ball and in, in, in the way hurling is now, like with possession being so vital, you just need players comfortable on the ball and comfortable controlling the ball. And when that's lacking, it just leads, you know, leads to an uneasiness through the whole team. Um so think like Shane O'Donnell as well, like hasn't featured at all in the league. And uh, as far as I know, there's no injury. Last year, um he was kind of rested for most of the league and, and it worked well and that he he had a brilliant championship. So I wonder is Lohan kind of thinking the same same scenario or is it work I don't know what what the situation is but again I'd prefer him to get a game or two I I don't know uh, just to just for the forwards to even knit together for 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 a game maybe he'll feature against Cork but as Kieran said Cork are under no pressure to deliver a performance now you'd be looking for one or two intense challenge games now instead is what they'll be looking for to you know try and get the, the championship team bedded in a bit. Another interesting one was Davey Mack wasn't named in the squad at all. And another lad with, with no injury. And there was just kind of rumours maybe of disagreement there going around. I'm not sure. But look, hopefully that isn't the case. And uh, maybe guys of that vintage are just being given like certain games to rest up. And I hope that's the case. Um, so look, uh, I think for a clear point of view as well, Mark Rogers is going to have to be playing championship like he's. He is that kind of threat inside that seemed to be lacking just uh, especially like I know even Claire put put Tony Kelly in there for a while in full forward line when things weren't going well just to have some sort of a maybe a goal trade in there or something but like uh, that didn't seem to work out so whereas Mark is an out and out inside man like so that's something I think Lohan will definitely have to work with. Galway impressive enough though striking really good like they can take scores from from range like you're looking at Monaghan, Cooney out midfield and as well uh, Glennon just able to take points from distance which is comfortably like which is huge and mother harlan very hard to see wex so were going up to salt hill beating them first round yeah
0: because i mean galway I have notes here the meshing of two packing styles i think you can see shefflin likes the direct ball but he's looking to run through the lines as well and i thought that was fairly evident probably in the second and third quarter of the game and have galway kind of settled on a halfback here in Dahi burke and your old McInerney at tree because it certainly looked that Dahi burke was more advanced and with his club in Turkmore he hits those points for fun in county championship games. So I think we're seeing a new side of Dolly Burke inter-county-wise. And I think it could be a nice lock here for Galway and centre-half-back, back Kieran.
2: Yeah, he was really impressive. Uh, one big point to one stage of the game. Dolly Burke is an outstanding hurler. And I know these guys have been switched around in, in the past as well. So it's not completely alien to him. Yeah, I think wherever you play Dolly Burke, he, he'll give it all for you. And I think he probably has maybe... Maybe more legs than what McInerney might have to offer. Yeah, it could work to the advantages here, I think.
0: Exactly, because you have Joseph Cooney there, who's versatile enough. He can go in, wake forward. He can also operate in the half-back line as well. So I think overall, the Galway locals here have been relatively happy with that performance. Maybe not for the first 20 minutes per se, but getting a win down on Ennis, I think they feel that that's probably league achieved in terms of Westmead, not to suspect. Maybe kind of just, you know, a routine exercise. Well, I think from a clear perspective here, Rory, like four points coming off the bench, probably one of the positives that Brian Lohan can probably think take from uh, the game here, surely.
1: Yeah, Robin Mounts, got a great score running up the sideline after he came in. Um, didn't really do much after that. Ian Galvin looked very sharp inside uh, when he came on. And for the first time, you know, uh, really started very well in the first half in there and caused big problems for the full back line. And um, probably for the first time since then, because Galway got to grips with him soon after that. Um, but Ian galvin's a different you know could different type of, of forward for even though he's kind of small and stature, he just plays again a bit differently, he's moving left and right and um yeah he, he caused problems when he came in, so that was yeah, like Claire, like have a lot of these type of players inside as well like um you as well to come back who's um coming back from another series enough injury, so um who's meant to be back doing some training at the minute, so should be there for selection for championship so. Yeah, like Lohan probably is going to go and form here with some of these lads who's going well in training because there isn't much between them and just needs to get that balance right, I think, as well in the half-forward line because, like, David Fitzgerald, okay, got four or five points, but got them really deep, like, coming back, as we saw, um, picking up, puck, getting puck-outs, like, loose and running forward and striking them over. But I just thought, in general, play our half-forward line where, you know, they were definitely, um, you know, well-beaten. And uh, at the other end, our half-back line, we well beaten as well. Um, I know there was a couple of debutants there. Uh, you had King Galvin starting at wing back. Um, you know It was a difficult game for him to start because like, he was under pressure, I thought, from, from from the off in it. I suppose, look, there is no need to panic five or six weeks out, and I think Lohan would be fairly sure of 13 of his championship team, more or less, and Shane O'Donnell back in would give a boost to the half-forward line. So, look, that, we mentioned it actually in the last podcast, that Claire Tipperary match, first round of the league in Ennis, or first round of the round robin is going to be absolutely huge. And I would say a Clare win that. Like Tipperary, going to be in trouble to qualify. Good and all as they look at the minute. Same thing, Clare lose that game. And they're the ones that are going to be under pressure having to face Limerick Cork. And then Davies Waterford then as well. So yeah, it's a huge game for a round one game like.
0: Yeah, it's pretty mo watering really, isn't it, Rory and Cairne, But congratulations to Galway anyway. And I suppose Cairn Wexford gave a reaction after that round three Demolition from Clare in Chadwick's Park, but ultimately no points to count for them. Uh, I mean, Cork winning by two points, but I suppose some hopeful signs for Wexford here.
2: Yeah, I, I think it was another strange game, uh, as well as the Clare Garby game. Like Cork only led once, and that was the 72nd minute um, from Walsh's goal. You know, I think from Wexford looking at the Clare game, they were such a shambles at the back. They held Cork scoreless for the first 20 minutes. You know, Chin coming back in. I t- like. I think one area that Wexford were struggling with early in the league was uh, puckouts. You know, they were going short, and we, we saw saw all sorts of trouble they got into against Clare. But I think having Chin back in, centre it forward, he offers you a target. He won seven from nine puckouts in the first half. They so went down on top of him, which you know, it shows how important it is to have him there, and it gives him that option to go long, which they didn't have, I think, up to now. But i think uh the game probably came with a bit of cost a couple of injuries picked up conor mcdonald's uh damien Reck, lego mcgovern and matthew Hanlon. and actually i think from what i'm hearing the word of Matthew Hanlon he could be out for a little while you know i think Matthew Hanlon, he you know he's hot and cold sometimes but he did offer a bit of experience back there and he kind of settled the 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 full back line when he was there look i think i think it was evident enough that uh Egan was kind of maybe facing with a bit of pressure and i think that's why he you know, Chin was named uh, on the bench and he and he started. Uh, Dio Keefe actually went off as well, I think. But I think Dio Keefe had a great game. Uh, he went back as an extra man and you know, he mocked up the world the ball early on 21. I think for Wexford as well, there's still a, a lot of improvements. Shooting front the goal, uh, I think was one. You know, like they had 31 shots to goal, only scoring 18. So it's been an issue all along for me in the league. I think further improvements needed. But I think Cork looked... Cork didn't look like the Cork we've seen the last few games you know, only had twenty three shots a goal. They didn't have the same zip about them. They looked like a team that they looked like a team that had trained that morning. Hannity came in. I thought, I thought, did very well come in, kind of I think he kinda of created three or four points. And you know, it's kind of all Cork's running and it was two long balls in, it's where the goals came from, you know, which is kind of strange. We haven't seen that from Cork, but I suppose it's the shows it's it could still be a viable option for, for goals, long ball in the top and wait for a breaking ball. But yeah, look, I think for Wexford, the, the performance more so will ease the pressure on, on and Egan. Obviously, they picked up a few injuries, and there'll be a sweat on a few of them lads. They're facing to Limerick this weekend. Obviously, it won't be an easy task. So, but I think yeah, the performance will have bought a little bit of uh, you know a bit of time for Egan, and um, you know there's still a lot of first team players come back in. We still haven't seen or Connor. You know, I think when we get the full the starting fifteen on the team, there'll be a, a different team to what we've seen in the league so far. I I do think they will be ready for championship. I I can see them coming out of Leinster. I think it'll potentially be between Dublin and Wexford. And you know, based on, on performances at the minute, you know you'd have to take it into the fact that they've you know played with a a weaker team. I think once once all, starting fifteen are back, I think you'd you'd have to fancy Wexford to take the the third spot from Leinster.
1: Yeah, Rory, you get you in there. What was your reaction to that Cork performance? Yeah, look, it was sloppy from Cork and uh, Wexford probably should have got out of there with a win. And they had every chance of doing so. Uh, look, uh, it can happen in games where you, they, everyone had seen what had happened the week before down in Wexford Park there with uh, Clare's big win, and probably players themselves are thinking, you know, you know, this game isn't going to push us too much, and suddenly then Wexford are coming out with a huge performance, and it is hard to lift yourselves during a game when. Um, you're, you're kind of caught by a team that's playing with a bit more intensity than you it's hard to readjust things uh on the pitch that way and um in fairness to Wexford like it was great to see that that fight because we think back last year like when the performance of the championship was Wexford beating Kilkenny and Nolan Park and they have that in them like and uh, I think the championship Leicester championship needs Wexford strong this year and uh as Kieran alluded to like the Egan isn't having much luck with injuries either and even the way the games are falling for them, like you're looking at maybe building on that performance because they have to go up to the Gaelic grounds now next week and play Limerick away. And, um, you know, if Limerick are on song and go strong here, because uh, as well, like Burns is back and Gillan is back and Championship is looming for Limerick as well. And, um, you know, it, it depends what way Limerick approach it with the league final on the horizon as well. But if Limerick goes strong and Wexford are down those players, they could get another um you know another big beating like the one from two weeks ago and that would be a pity after the promise they've showed in parker quive so yeah look you're just hoping that wexford can build on this now and put up a real competitive performance against limerick because um you know it, they need to kind of put put that big defeat from two weeks ago behind them and and start um putting you know a couple of big performances together i think uh from let's say a core perspective think
0: resiliency was used once or twice by a few of the coaches after the game. And, I mean, they were down six points in the first half and also in the second half. And, I mean, I suppose the newcomer uh, power at full forward, he did score 1-1. He won two frees as well that were put over as well. So maybe a positive Bozang as well. And O'Connor came off the bench to score 1-1. So I think from a court perspective, didn't never give up on the game and uh, got their rewards at the end. But I suppose Wexford here, uh, Kieran you mentioned about the tacking potency here, but I thought right at the end, particularly with Jack O'Connor's chance and then Lee Chin then sending the 65 wide, I thought that was a significant turning point in the game, really, you know, for a momentum changing, you know, those two kind of moments here, kind of a four-point swing there.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, and this isn't the first year or this issue, is there was, I think Chin has worked very hard to where, he's, to where he is now uh, at free-taking and... Then, dead balls i don't think by any means he's a natural free taker you know he he he's worked to get to where he is but like you don't have the same um you know if you see galan send over a ball or you know patrick Horgan or tj reed you know you're you're nearly putting that on the scoreboard already um understanding over it. you just don't have that same confidence in Chin. i think look some days when he, when he's on he's on but he has the days where you know maybe the, the simple free is missed and as you say. It could be a case of a swing of momentum or, you know, even that one extra point can be, you know, go in your favour so much. But I think it's one thing it's lacking and I think it's one thing that Wexford may be lacking is just a a real consistent, natural free taker. Ross Benville is is highly rated as a free taker. You know, he's got a a few games this year. I don't know where he'll stand in plans for championship, but I suppose it's an issue that's been ongoing for, for Wexford for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, but again, maybe some optimism for Wexford, but I suppose at what cost in terms of the injuries you've outlined there, Karen. but being Cork 4 for 4 into the semi-final, can travel to Clare, probably looking to rotate the squad a little bit ahead of that semi-final in the league, so look, another close game, maybe unexpected to some, but uh, it's good to see Wexford on the way back. I suppose if we want to kind of close out 1A, uh, Limerick travelled to Cusack Park in Mullingar, big Limerick contingent, went to the game, and pretty routine win here, Ciaran, uh for Limerick. 127 to 115, and a few of the prospects impressed along the way. It
2: was Limerick starting well against the wind. You know, four points to one up when when Bowen or Bowen found the net twelve minutes, and, uh, and it could have been the second goal soon after as well. Uh, Sammy Flanagan could have scored, but uh, yeah, I think it was a spirited enough Westmead performance too without Killian Doyle, who is their, their 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 talisman as such, and I think they had probably a lot of waste chances, especially in the first half. But Jack Gillen was unsuccessful on a few occasions, only scoring one and. You know, one fourteen to five points. You know, Westmeath were they, they battled hard, but you know, I think for Limerick and it's no disrespect to Westmeath and any teams that have played them this year. You know, teams have been rotating number. You know that you can really experiment with playing them, and it's I suppose for you know the I think Tom O'Riise had a good game again. And, you know, he's had a few this year. Done a good day League as well. Five points in play, you know, great performance. But you know, I suppose what. While these are positives and pluses, you, you question like, you know, how much pressure were you under for taking these five points, you know, so, you know, while it's, while it's good, there is probably still question marks over it. I suppose for Limerick, it's good to see harder the year and all-star back on the field, as I said, Thieland coming back on uh, in the sixth third minutes, getting a lovely finish for points as well. So, yeah, look, again, some good performances, uh, personal performances in the team. You know roll into next weekend against wexford i suppose i expect more rotation you know i think just uh, a draw will see us through to uh a league semi-final
0: with, with along with cork so job done and uh move on absolutely and i mean from a westman perspective no killian doyle 47 points from play really tells the tale of the tape as well doesn't it from a Westmeath perspective they found the scores very hard to come by from open play we're a very competitive second half but i suppose We'll get to 1B in a while with uh, Leash's loss in Antrim. I suppose that relegation final does loom large now uh, for Westmead. I suppose Rory, Nolan Park, Kilkenny entertained Dublin. Pretty one sided affair there.
1: Yeah, look, and, and worrying because every time you kind of wonder whereabouts Dublin are, but that's like a couple of games now where against Tipperary and against Kilkenny where they have just looked, you know, uh, a level beyond, behind these teams. And. um. It's again, as Kieran said earlier, you can't see anyone but Galvin Kilkenny going through, so it's going to be between Dublin and Wexford. At the minute, both neither team fills you with confidence that they're any bit ahead of the other. I think Wexford with a full team are, are going to be ahead of Dublin. But that's the question, will they have a full team there? And we mentioned this before, like you shut down Donald Burke and who else is going to step up in the Dublin forward line at the minute? Um, so yeah it is worrying for for Dublin and uh I presume as well like it would be we, we talk about teams targeting certain games in the league you think playing away against Kilkenny down in Nolan Park that you know that would be a game that you would uh be definitely targeting if you're uh Dublin management to see where players stand and the fact that you know it wasn't really a competitive game uh says a lot about you know maybe where Dublin are going into the championship
0: yeah, Kieran, get you in there. That was a very strong first-half performance from Clikennie. Kind of put the game to bed. I mean, 17 points from 17 shots kind of told its story. Now you could maybe debate in terms of Dublin's defensive pressure not being what it was, but still a very impressive opening period for Clikennie with Billy Drennan really leading the line very well.
2: Yeah, and I think Clikennie looks in control from start to finish and, you know, he even questioned were they first or second gear, you know, they were just close and Billy Drennan, I think, you know, he's... For a young guy, he's really stepped up this year. I think uh, Ling has given him plenty of uh, experience as well. He's played every game to date and, uh, you know, get, I suppose getting him as much experience as he can. But, like, you know, nine first half points, you know, 13 overall. Like, he's not he's not disappointed and, he, you know, it's hard to see any flaws in his game at the minute. I think the two own Cody goals and just, you know, see the win. But, like, yeah, 100% shot actually in the first half, you know, which is kind of unheard of these days. Kenny won 21 of their 28 puckouts, you know, which is a, a good old stat. And I think as well, you know, uh, Park Walsh, cornerback, I think we mentioned there the last few weeks about how versatile he is. Like, you know, and again, another position And to see will they kind of play him in a, like a Barry Nash kind of role. You know, you'd have the and Forest, you know, I suppose they're still, still still trying to settle on their own 15. You know, Kenny still have TJ Reed and Adrian Mullen to come back in, which will and add, a, add another point of attack. Yeah, really impressed with you, Kenny. Okay, we question the opposition. I think we look at Dublin. Like, last year, Dublin kind of impressed in the league, but, you know, we saw a pattern emerge that was the same 12 or 13 players decked to the field. I think it's kind of a similar occurrence this year. I think Donald Burke has played every game. He's heavily, heavily relied on, and, yeah, he lived off injured the last day, and, you know, I suppose were, you know, we didn't know how long he was out, but it wasn't that long in the end. But... You know, it, you just fear if anything happened to Donald Burke in championship, where the scores are going to come from for for Dublin. You know, really, really rely on like some teams rely on forward, like I think Tip rely on four, but not to the same extent. There's um there's quality forwards around forward as well, but you know, for Dublin, you you really would worry if Donald Burke doesn't take to the field. You know, I think for for Kikini, they'll um they'll march on, and I think they will really ch- fancy their chance against Waterford, which is kind of a Nearly a shootout semi final spot and you know Kilkenny always regarded the, the league highly highly and you know the I, I I'm sure they'll have uh, full intentions of trying to make that league semi final spot as well. I
0: think Derek Ling was emphasizing that post game, just in terms of the league and the traditional values that Kilkenny hold on the league. So they'll be going all out for that victory against uh Water Sunday. I thought two other aspects on that Kilkenny performance. I thought the attacking style, I thought they varied it quite well. Again, the direct ball was used at various times to good effect, but also running it from deep here um, as well. And they didn't seem to miss a beat, particularly when Owen Murphy went off with that head injury. Paddy Deegan as well at centre-half forward. That's maybe kind of a an interesting kind of positional switch here. Maybe Kilkenny will adopt in the championship as well here, Rory. And up main Park Walsh last year certainly uh, was deployed in the 40 uh, for Klikeni's. uh But I suppose do you see Paddy Deegan kind of slotting in there in that wing forward position come championship?
1: Yeah, well, Paddy Deegan does play in half Ireland for the club. Um, so, you know, he has experience there. And it was probably worth looking at as well for a Kennedy point of view. If you were going to drop Porrick, watch back into the back line. You know, um, just getting a, a guy with a bit of experience in there. Because there are young lads coming through. Billy Dren- Drennan again, 13 points, five from play. And look, I suppose if you take out Billy Drennan's scores, like they were still getting scores from like Owen Cody to 2, Deegan 3 points himself. Uh, Dan Lee lead a point and Billy Ryan two points whereas take out Donald Burke scores he had four from play along with his frees and you were only he had five points from the whole rest of the Dublin forward line and that is like that is the huge worry for them if somebody else is popping up scoring four or five points a game consistently or one three or something to match you know you you would you would give them some hope in it but like to again tipping along nicely uh again could be an interesting game you'd wonder like um it would Davey value maybe getting a run out in Thurles kind of a, because that's where they're going to be playing um their their home league uh, championship games. You know, just getting a, a, a game that could be seen as, you know, a dry run at a match. Um so are we well, Waterford going to go strong in Nolan Park? I reckon they probably will as well. So we we could have, you know, it's it's the one game really left that's competitive in, in the final round because there's going to be a lot of dead rubbers and let's hope that both teams kind of go at it. Um I know you're saying, how high can he value the league? And during the Cody era, they had no problem winning league and championship. People are talking about the league, you know, winning the league being a negative, but it was never a negative for Cody. I know there was a bigger gap at times, but still winning leads to more, you know, success. And we heard that from, from the Limerick camp as well this week, where Tom Morrissey was basically saying at this stage now, they'd, he'd love to win another league medal. The more medals these players know as well, like the, their careers can be quite short. So the more medals you can put on the medals board at home up, above the mantelpiece with awards and stuff like they're mad to win every game they go out in so yeah look I, I, I'm I hoping that that game will be the cracking game and again Watford will turn up for the same um, intents that they showed in Turles last week Again Kenny humming along quite nicely I think Dublin do have a few issues I think even the skill
0: set issue from Dublin particularly their passing their distribution just wasn't good enough I think me who has a big job in his hands there with Dublin heading into the championship I, I think well Mark point, just
2: one point yeah. in Dublin as well there um Tension listman, I suppose it, it kind of shows maybe how much pressure they're on against Kilkenny, but ALO cards and one red card in the game, you know, yeah. so it highlights the pressure they're under. But also, <laughs> uh, Roland Hayes was, uh, showed a lot of promise last year. Uh, Anywhere, I think he's injured, but, you know, he, I think if he can come back into that team, he he would, uh, you know, add another dimension for Dublin along with Burke. Uh, I think, you know, he'd really need to, to get him in there as well because, um, as you said, if, if Burke doesn't take it to the field, you, you know, you'd, you'd really, really worry for them.
0: Yeah, you certainly would. Like I know there was cameos there from crummy, particularly the end of the goal. Constantine chimped in with a few points, but again it was very sporadic during the game. So yeah, Ronan Hayes probably, you know, probably close to fitness, I would say, within the Dublin camp. So but I think there's plenty of scope for improvement here for Dublin. I know they have leashed in the last game. They'd probably need a morale boost and win here in Parnell Park to finish off the league, then prepare into the Leinster Hurland Championship. I suppose the most critical game of the whole one A, one B was in Corrigan Park in Belfast antrim securing their division one status with a 318 to 118 win massive result for antrim hurling another year in the top flight
1: yeah and that's one thing we'd questioned antrim in the past they had often showed these really strong performances against the the stronger counties uh, to put it that way they're the teams that would be kind of vying for lee mccarthy honors and they have been very competitive against them only to get turned over then by a leash or a westmead or somebody so it was good that they actually followed through this year And won the game that they really had to win you know to to get themselves safe in the division after being competitive in earlier games so that's a positive sign for antrim um and look by all accounts they made tougher work of the game like the the they should have been further ahead at times and kind of left leash in there so they still needed a strong finish to kind of see off the game which they did Again, Le- Leash has to be credited as well, going up to Corrigan Park after the beatings they had shipped so far in the Championship to put up a really strong performance and run Antrim down to the last few minutes of the game. Look, I suppose that's probably a plus for Leash going in in a couple of weeks' time against um, Westmeath. that Leash have had a kind of closer, tougher game against a team, you know, closer to their level, whereas Westmeath haven't been afforded that opportunity at their side yet. Look, again, that'll be a crucial game coming up, but uh, this was Antrim's big match, and they look they, they got the win that they needed to yeah it, do, it just does give them a bit of a boost going into into championship as well now um, and with one match to play like at home to tip they've a free shot at Tipperary now as well A tip team that are already through and it would be another huge boost for antrim can they you know get another win and two wins on the board even for the league
0: absolutely Karen. i suppose from a leash perspective probably plenty of positives in that first half they put antrim under the pump here and I think that Neil McManus goal just before half-time was really a turning point in the game. Leash doing all the hurling only were up, heading into the sheds two points up. And I mean, Antrim really got buoyed by that. But again, there was pretty, plenty of resiliency here from Leash on the day.
2: Yeah, and I think the only staff that went against them uh, was the scoreboard. I think they were in full control in the first half play, with, with a strong breeze now, I suppose we have to note. And I think they, you know Roland was putting the ball deep into the into the Antrim half and I think there were six and seven at times and had Antrim in all sorts of bottom. But I think when you know, started the second half, Antrim up the ante and I think, you know, when the sisters they went to business. And I think when Conning slotted his goal on the fifth second minute, I think that's when Antrim took control. But I suppose look you have to from leash they battle till the end and Antrim held on with a few late scores just to uh, to see it out. But uh, I know Leash had a right card at the dying moments as well. But you know, I think from you know from the from the league so far I think Antrim were the better team. They put in better performances, you know, especially against Dublin and Kilkenny. Obviously no wins today, but as well as if you look at performance, they were they were up there. And they're making, you know, it's a hard place to go and win now. You know, we, we know Leclerc and they pride themselves on Ennis on 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 being a fortress and a hard place to go and win. I think, you know, Antrim could say the same, you know, it's a hard place to go and get a result. I think it deserves, you know, as Rory mentioned in years gone by, the, They'll take a big scalp and lose the game. They should win. But, you know, Derek Leeson is making progress. And uh, I think for for Antrim, I think they deserve it this year.
0: Yeah, I think so. On the balance of the league so far, I think probably the right result, I think, in terms of Antrim, their development under Derek Leeson as well. Bill Maher is only one year into his term with Leash. So you hope that Leash can kind of bounce back from this. And they've shown positive signs. But I suppose Cahill Gunning one ten from Antrim. There was cameos from Neil McManus, Maskey. I thought Burke as well, a cornerback for Antrim, led by example, particularly in that third quarter when the game was in the melting pot. And also Neil and Keelan Malloy chipped in with two points as well from play. So congratulations Antrim. I suppose Leash have Westmead really kind of focused now on the relegation final. That'll be a huge game in a few weeks. I suppose, guys, can we turn our attention to 2A? And I suppose the results here, Offley had seven points to spare over Carlo, but probably doesn't tell the tale of the tape on that performance. Kildare, probably the most improved Hurling team development-wise in the last two, three years. Probably pulling off probably the keynote victory here, five-point win over Kerry. And then we had a draw between Derry and Down, but I suppose starting with um, Offley and Carlo here, Rory. Offaly winning by seven points, but really doesn't tell the tale of the tape due to maybe inaccuracies from Carlo but with place balls, but also the discipline as well, letting them
1: down. Yeah, had a couple of red cards for Carlo in a game. You know, it, it, when you're away from home, like that's not something that you can afford to as well. And uh, you no, know, by all accounts, free taken became an issue for them. Marty Kavanagh, who's usually very sound and free, has had an off day with them. And uh, like they still ended up in a situation where they were a goal down only coming in um uh into the second half and just kind of fell away. Then like when you're thirteen against you know away from home, it's going to be tough. But uh, look, we started started. Carlo started the league with a heavy defeat against uh, Kildare, wasn't it at home? Yeah, and like they have looked, they've definitely improved. They went down to Kerry, could have won the game below, so um, they've you know they have improved um, over the league, and are probably you know maybe on the up going into Joe McDonough. But it's at the same time, it does look like they have slipped in the pecking order. Awfully um, Kerry uh, also killed there now as well, gone ahead of them. So um, you know the, at the same time, probably wouldn't be beyond them putting up a couple of shocks in the Joe McDonough Championship. Like, they're not that far off it. Um, but look, again, the, I think the story here, though, is Kildare again at the weekend. Uh, another win for them. It's going to be a showdown with Offaly. Um, Offaly did what they had to do, I suppose. We can fault them. What, uh, they, it wasn't their fault that Carlow went down to 13. So they got the job done, got the win under their belts, and um, even if their performance wasn't what they'd be expecting, but it does set them up now with what should be, you know, a grandstand game to see who qualifies automatically for a semi-final or for the final, isn't it? Winner goes through to the final now out of this game, so it's actually effectively, effectively a league semi-final.
0: Exactly. I suppose Karen, get you in there in terms of even Kildare. That was a pretty keynote fixture, kind of leading into it. An awful lot of media hype in Kildare hurling circles on that Kerry visit and they duly performed extremely well, scored the last seven points of the first half to go 14-6 up, and then two super goals from Brian Byrne and Jerry Deegan as well, really sealing this game well before uh, full-time. James Burke with 12 points. Again, Kildare, the progression in the Hurling grades in the last few years has been phenomenal, and I imagine they'll go to Tullamore with full confidence given that performance from Offaly last weekend.
2: Yeah, they're a team on a high. I suppose, look, you have to give some credit to to Kerry, like our the into halftime, eight points down, and they did bring it back to four. But I think that Brian Byrne goal really rocked them. And uh, that was soon followed by the Jerry Keegan goal. And, you know, I think Kerry or Kildare used to victory at that stage. But, like, Kildare, like, they're a team playing with, with confidence. They're now 14 games unbeaten in all competitions, you know, which is a, a very impressive stat. And I think they'll, they'll, you know, look at the Offaly game against Carlo, They'll, they'll really fancy themselves uh, against Offaly, even though it's on in, in um, Tullamore. I think awfully probably were lucky. I think even add to uh, Carlos Wolves, I think to the first half goal chance as well. You know, so add that to the to the miss wide or to the wides from, from Freeze and, and the two reds and you know, I think it could have been a, a different game. I think awfully they're probably reliant as well on, on, on Owen Cal for a lot of their scores, which, you know, it probably raised a question mark if, if he wasn't there, you know, with the struggle but i i I'd really really fancy going into it like it is like a, a knockout game i uh, i would fancy kildare i suppose you know it's like 14 games unbeaten. um they're not going to to end that set um anytime soon and um i think they've been the farm team you know of the of the the boot the bunch this year so far you know they're a big physical team young team and uh you know i think fair play to herity he's uh He's really bought them on to another level in the, la- in the last couple of months, especially. But in the last few years, they've been they've been building, you know, building slowly, here. and uh, I suppose they're starting to see the great rewards of it now. But I think Carlo, like Carlo, would be kind of gutted because you know they're sitting on two points. But you know, a, a win over Offaly, they would be on four points. They would have been in line for you know to progress to a, a possible uh, final. So I think they would they'd be kind of gutted over that performance.
0: And I think Carlo, they're out of the promotion reckoning here, but there could be an outside chance that they get relegated here, so this Sunday's fixture is going to be pretty important for them uh, playing Derry, uh, so, which Derry has shown a bit of good upturn in form, particularly against Down, there was a, seemed to be a controversial last-minute for down as well to secure a, a draw there in that match against Derry, so no give-me's for Carlo, and this disciplinary issue for Carlo reared its head again last weekend. I suppose going back to Offaly as well, Owen Cahill, and also Mitchell's contributing 15 points of 119, I really That'll give up a lot of optimism here for Kildare heading to Tullamore, given that stat alone. So I think that'll be interesting. I suppose, guys, can we get a few predictions for me? 1A, 1B and uh, 2A. I suppose 1A, um, Limerick-Wexford, Clare Cork and Galway-Westmead. I suppose, how do you fancy those teams going?
1: Uh, Rory, you start with you. Yeah, i go Limerick there at home. Uh, as Kieran said, like Wexford coming up with injuries after throwing everything into the Cork game and not getting the result they wanted. It's going to be hard to pick themselves up. Limerick are in no pressure situation with players now playing for places and there will be a a bit of rotation from Kaidi's point of view and that's the dangerous thing in a way because the guys coming in have to impress to you know even even trying some of these guys are just trying to make a championship 24 and this is their chance or 26 I should say this is their chance to get their names into the matchday squad for championship is by putting consistent performances in now so you'd have to go with Limerick there. Uh, Clare against Cork, I presume uh, Cork are already through, uh, Clare are out but you'd imagine just home advantage and maybe after the disappointments of last week uh, some of the Clare lads will have to have a point to prove like no more so than, than even some of the bigger names like Tony Kelly himself um, to go out and put in a, a big performance now uh, you know in front of a home crowd so um, yeah you'll be going with Clare in that one and look it's hard to see Westmeath. meet um, you know Putting getting anything close here. I know last week they'd be happy enough. Like I'm sure they had their own targets against Limerick, that they were within that that points total of of a target. But with Galway coming going on tennis and winning, it's going to be a tough one for Westmeath. Sure, Kieran, get your tips for the weekend in one
2: act. I think yeah, the Limerick extra game. I, I'm going to go Limerick. You know, I suppose we're in the fortunate position that, as Rory pointed out, we've competition for places, and I suppose now is the time. Coming towards a semi final or mid potential final, league final, the players want to play. I think, we've, especially in the forward, we have a lot of players putting their hand up, young guys. Uh, I think we will see rotation. Uh, I think Wexford, obviously, yeah, there's going to be a lot of lads needing a treatment table. You know, once this game is done, Dustin Farm, they have five weeks to Salt Hill and Galway and they want to get everyone fit and ready. So I, I expect Limerick, you know, they'll, they'll continue and, uh, the the form we've had for the, for the last few games and i expect Limerick to win that one a couple of points to spare westmead galway yeah regardless what team galway put out you know i think they're also out there's no they can't progress so you know um we'll see an experimental galway team there which will have enough for westmead and you know clare and cork similar i think these these three games are probably going to be i don't think they're really going to be any hot and spicy affairs in it uh cork already through so they have the, the the luxury of um, of experimenting, and I do agree. I think Claire will, you know, especially at home, they won't want, won't want to lose two games at home on the trot. Uh, there will be performances wanted from players and as a team as, as well, because uh, you know this is going to be the last game for in, in, on, on lights or on camera for five weeks. I'm sure there'll be challenge games, but you know, they said, they're not going to lose again at home. So I, I go Clare against Cork.
0: I suppose one B then, uh, guys, Antrim entertaining Tipperary in Corrigan Park. Dublin versus Lealton, Parnell Park
1: and Watford playing Kilkenny and Nolan Park. I suppose, Rory, uh, your tips for Round 5 and 1B? OK, um, I suppose you're you're looking at Tipperary, e- even though they are going to have a chance to experiment that uh, with momentum and everything, they are going to be tough to beat. Look, here's one as well, like if you remember Antrim now, they've, they've won the game, they've had to, they've a home game to finish. As I mentioned earlier, they can have a right cut at Tipperary and this could be like maybe, you know, usually they take a big scalp. This is potentially that scalp, um, I I see it being quite close. Maybe uh, if to win, it'd be something like just two, three points, uh, or, you know, one, two, three points. I I don't see it being a blowout or anything like that. Another potential shock here could be Leash against Dublin. Uh, Last year in the Championship, they ran them really close to, was it a point in Parnell Park? Um, So Leash are are right in their, um, you know, in terms of belief, they've beaten Dublin in the past in Championship as well, Um, had their probably strongest performance at the weekend against Antrim and it'd be good for a leash point of view if they could follow it up with a big one in Parnell park dublin probably still have enough but again a a lot tighter than you know we might have thought a couple of weeks ago i think with the way both teams are going at the minute and then the last game then um kenny wadford probably to tie it around and hopefully this is the one game that will you know excite us (laughs) over the weekend with the other five being kind of you know not you know nothing to play for in, in those games so, uh, again, Kilkenny, Nolan Park, you're probably going to give him the nod. Yeah, hopefully, as I said, it'll be it'll be a rip-roaring game. But, again, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to see Waterford going up there, beating Kilkenny and Nolan Park after putting a lot into the tip game last week. I suppose, lads, 2A, that looks spicy enough. I mean, O'Connor
0: Park, Tullamore, awfully entertaining Kildare. Austin Stack Park, Kerry hosting down and then you had Carlo versus Derry, which looks like a relegation six pointer if there ever was one. I suppose tips there on two A who'll who come out victorious. Uh Kieran?
2: Yeah, I think in the Kildare off of the game, I think Kildare haven't put a foot wrong really um so far. You know, awfully as we say, even looking at the previous game against Carlo, you know, I could be pointed out to Carlo possibly had, had it in their power to win. But I think um you know Kildare unbeaten so many games and I think they they have been the team of two A for me, so I I predict Kildare to win in Tullamore. Kerry and Down, you know I think Kerry will be disappointed against, especially get their like game last week against Kildare, and I think a couple of games this year they're the pressures on Kerry this year. You know Steve Munphy they they've been close a few times in the last few years, and I expect they will get the job done against Down, and and same for Carlow, I think they get the job done at home to Derry as well. You know so, uh, Kerry not no, I was asked for Kerry, obviously um. To be in a playoff for for uh, final. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Kildare, Kerry, Carroll.
0: Yeah, because I think Kerry's got to be a, an interesting side note. If they're to win this game against Stone, get into the semi-final, they get into the final, they could be playing seven consecutive weekends with the Joe Macdonald Cup if they got to an All-Ireland-Hurland final. So, I mean, that could be an interesting watch, watch for uh, Kerry, certainly. Seamus Malumphy kind of mentioned that he trusts the squad, but, I mean, that's going to be a hectic schedule. For anyone, I think the Offaly-Kildare games probably stand out there and, yeah, would go for Kildare just based on their scoring distribution at the moment. I think that'd be a lovely tonic for Hurling as well if we could get Kildare in a final and maybe getting promoted here as well. Because the amount of work that's going on in underage, I think Kildare-Hurling circles has been phenomenal, same with Offaly as well. So I think that'd be a cracker. And then Carlo-Derry, I think this would be more competitive than people think. I think Carlo have to really have their wits about them in this one. I think Carlo by two or three points, but again, if Carlo l- were to lose this one, Derry jump out of the relegation zone and Carlo would go into 2B, so I think there's an awful lot of uh, to lose in that watch Cullen Park, so I'll, I'll give the vote to Carlo. I suppose, guys, before we go, Croke Cup final is in Croke Park on St. Patrick's Day at 3pm. You have the juggernauts in Kieran's College uh, facing presentation at Rye. I
1: suppose, guys... Looking forward to the game. What are the main talking points for you uh, in the final, Rory? Uh, yeah, I think just uh, I think it's since 1994, is, is since uh, Galway College have won the Crow Cup, which was lach back then. Rayfield's lach so it'll be a huge achievement. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, Mark, being, being a local above, but I, I think yeah, it's, it's been it,
0: a while, can, yeah, I think you're spot on.
1: They've been in a couple of finals themselves just a few years ago, wasn't it? They made a, a couple of finals. But... Uh, it'll be huge for for a Galway team to to win. Now Galway are having underage success without winning All Ireland Colleges, uh, you know, secondary school level All Ireland. So, um, but still, it it is a boost if it were to happen. And with Nyland there, um, you know, they have they have this a, a serious threat up front. We saw what he could do last year in the minor championship against Tipperary the there, especially inside the Gaelic grounds. So a player of serious talent, and um, in a pitch like Crow Park, it's going to be hard to shut down. A player like that with their space everywhere. Um, look, uh, Kieran's have, uh, you know, they have the pedigree in this competition. And we mentioned this before the semi-finals that where a team like Cash were going up for the first time um, into an alarm and final a bit like Talladea year before. Just for Kieran's, it's expected for them. And there isn't that whole fanfare or, you know, rigmarole about getting there because they're so used to it. So that is a factor. But still, you never know, uh, playing a crow park can bring out nerves in any player, like especially and um, you know, guys at their age, so I wouldn't rule out Athan and right at all. It's just going to be hard to see, but you never know. Maybe the the fact that Kieran will have the favour side heavily might suit them. They're going in there with a free shot, and as we said, they do have firepower up front in the form of Nyland. To, you know, uh, that one player alone can do some serious damage if he gets, you know, quality of service inside him Yeah, exactly. Because I think St Kieran's coming into this did a good
0: Leinster Schools campaign. They lost to the loss of the awfully school selection. In the final, no disgrace there, uh, given Ronan Screeny's performance in the final was absolutely outstanding. They did rebound very well, beat South St Raphael's College of Lockray very convincingly in a quarter final. then faced a very strong physical casual community school, who did rattle um, a few early scores against St Kieran's. but I think the composure of St Kieran's and their opportunistic goals at vital times during that game saw them through, I suppose, the likes of Aaron McAvoy, Harry Shine. Doyle, Shortall, Killian, Corcoran, Killian, Doyle's already in the Kilkenny senior hurling panel extended panel. So Donna Murphy as well. So I mean presentation after Roy know what they're facing here. They all have to produce a massive performance. Aaron Island Tiernan, Lynn as well. Again they've come through a pretty um a pretty tough semi-final against Terra CBS. I think it's just a scoring distribution here for Aran Roy. Kind of does concern me a little bit here. Uh Kieran, uh do you see a chance here for Attenreich on St. Patrick's Day against St. Kieran's.
2: It's hard to, I think, you look at, this is St. Kieran's eighth Crook Cup final in a row, you know, so, these guys know what it's all about, they've won it 23 times in, in total, I think they've had good, very good wins in St. Raphael's and, and, and Cashel Community School uh, to get them to the final, you know, and, and and they've been building, you know, as each game went on, I, th- I don't think it was any disgrace to lose the, the Leinster final to the awfully amalgamation team that, they had to make into the makings of the All Ireland Minor Team last year, so it I think it'd be against that. And right. look, they did beat think, a very good Turtles team uh, in the semi-finals, but look, you, you can't write off with a bit of class. And he's a highly rated Aaron Island, as you mentioned. So, but I I, I do I do expect that Kieran's will be strong enough on the day. But as you said, finals and 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 the nerves and and the big stage and the big day, who knows what happens? But I think you'd have to say Kieran's will be strong favourites.
0: Yeah, Rory, would you go along with that?
1: Yeah, it was. I, as I said, I, I'd love to see Athenry win it, but um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to see happen. Um, a lot of things have to go right for them, you know, and as you were saying, like Tiernan uh, tier Lean as well, as himself and Ireland seem to be the main scoring men there, and if they're held, like, the, uh, you know, they're going to be in trouble, but um, you never know. Uh, as I say, they're in the final, and when they the finally have a chance, as I say Crow Park can do funny things to teams. Uh, so to get off to a good start of every chance. Um, look, it's something at three o'clock. We used to be sitting down watching the Ireland club finals, but it's great. I think that Crow Park have kind of filled that gap by putting the this game on, you know, live three o'clock in Crow Park and uh, T.J. Carr as well showing it, which you know it, it'll be that that bit of GA that we crave in St. Patrick's Day, middle of the day. <laughs> Absolutely, because I think
0: Tyrone Lynn was huge for Oatenry down the stretch against her to CPS. Hit he four points from open play, and I think. From an out perspective, if they were to see videotape of that Cashel community school semi-final, particularly the start of the game, particularly with Rowan and Connolly, went up front full forward, scored 1-3-1-4 fairly quickly. In that. So St Kieran's can be got at, particularly in the full back line, if good supply of ball is in there. But again, it's that scoring juggernaut from St Kieran's that can beat you in any way through the lines or direct as well. The goal just before half time in that Cashel community school game literally, Killed us as a contest, really. Cash were in play up mode, and no better teams than Kieran's just attack on a few points, keep that margin, and then had a powerful finish. So, look, best of luck, Tatten and ride. Let's hope it's a cracker, guys. I mean, last year's final was absolutely exquisite between Arts School Recents and Kieran's, went right down to the final play. So, uh, best of luck to both teams. Guys, it's a lengthy one, uh, but I think we've plenty to cover. Me, thanks, Rory, Kieran, for your time this evening, contributions, and uh, have a great Paddy's day. Thanks, Mark.
1: Here's Mark.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook
1: and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.